Blog Talk Radio. Yes, as a fan, or you know, in his career, 
if you're looking at it, you know, objectively, which of course we always do. Objectively, I would say his, you know, we all aspire as wrestling fans, and you know, if you're a wrestler, you want to aspire to be the, become the the greatest, so you want to become the world champion. So I would say Macho Man's first title win at WrestleMania Four, winning that tournament, was probably his highlight and would be my highlight pick. That's awesome. I'd probably pick Daddy. I had a wrestling Ricky Steamboat for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania 3 just because of the show-stealing match that it was. But, JB, we have a special guest on the line with us. We have the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Doug Mortman of Busted Open on Sirius XM. And I know they just changed the the, the, the station recently, and Doug, of course, could fill us in on that. But, well, you know, we're happy to have him on the air. Doug, how are you doing, sir? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Nice to good. on Sirius 207 on XM, by the way. <laughs> okay, all right. I just want to make sure because I know a couple of weeks ago I was listening to Soccer Talk for two hours because they moved your show and I couldn't figure out what was going yeah. on on the uh, well, on the no, internet. Just so you know, every channel at SiriusXM actually got moved. It was it's a really good thing. It, it got kind of uh, the sports in a block and the music in a block, and you know it's it's a good thing for the company. So everybody had to readjust their presets. So yeah, Sirius ninety two XM two hundred seven. That's where we'll be. Uh, for good, let's hope. All right, hopefully, because I know that me with my uh, my internet subscription, there's always a problem, or there always was a problem listening to you guys, but, you know, as, as long as we can get them busted open, it, it's always a good thing. Um, Doug, let me ask you this first off as we start talking about the, the, the Macho Man. How did you hear that, uh, that the Macho Man passed away? Uh, I heard, how did I hear? I think my producer, Mike Riker, gave me a call. And uh, obviously, immediately I went to the wires. I checked it. I couldn't believe it. Um, really, I'm I'm a very cautious person when rumors like that come out, especially in the world yeah, of yeah, of course. So, so many things are, are just misreported and misrepresented. It's, you know how the websites are. So you got to tread with caution. But then once you saw the actual news reports, and you know the Tampa Tribune was covering it, and the AP and USA Today, and then it was like, oh boy. This really happened. And then at that point, I mean, we went into first, you know, feeling just a hit. I mean, for me, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm 31 years old. So, you know, I grew up on Macho. Um, yeah. He was absolutely my – he was my first favorite wrestler, um, undoubtedly. The color, the passion, the pageantry, you know, just bringing valets to the, the WWF at the time, you know. and Yeah. Just, he, he brought so much in terms of, you know, the three tools that I saw from him were a great in-ring technician, a great physique, and great on the mic. So he really had the total package. And, you know, I was saying this on the show on Monday, that he wasn't like under the giant, you know, Don Morocco, Big John Studd, um, you know, all, all these monsters, Hulk Hogan is probably the best example. All these, you know, 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", you know, Andre, obviously, you know, 500 pounds. These huge behemoths, larger-than-life guys. You know, Macho was, uh, you know, 6'1", 6'2", 230, 235. You know, he was more of what you'd say, you know, a high flyer, you know, a guy that brought so much to the table, so much more. Um, and it's just, you know, it's really a shame for him to pass in the way he did. But, you know, the legacy lives on. The memories will always be there. And to answer your poll question, I got to go with WrestleMania three. Him and Steamboat uh, with George Animal Steel in the corner, 
I mean, come on, that that match could be the greatest wrestling match of all time. To me, to answer your poll question, give me WrestleMania three, Macho Steamboat any day. Yeah, you know, I agree, only because of how amazing that match was. And I remember about a year or two ago, Joe has the entire box set of WrestleMania for, like, the first 20-some-odd years. And we would get together and watch the match, and that's one of the ones that we saw. You know, we're actually the same age. I'm I'm about to be 30 in a couple weeks, and Joe is 33, so we're basically the same age as you. And I remember growing up watching the Macho Man. Now, Hogan was always my favorite, but Randy was just such a skilled in-ring technician, like you said. He was so over-the-top and high-flying. But he was so good that, to me, when I look at him, and I know you, you and uh, Doug, I, I caught you guys, uh, you and Doug, you and Dave, sorry. I caught you guys a little late because I was actually working, so I couldn't sign in at two on the dot when you guys started your show. But I know, uh, I know that Dave was saying he wouldn't rank him uh, in the top ten. Me, personally, I honestly think if you look at overall what he did, he's got to be in the top ten of all, of all time. Where would you rank him? Yeah, you know what? I totally agree with you, and I, I disagree with Dave. I kind of, you know, maybe he's 10, maybe he's 9. He definitely, yeah. to me, sh- sh- belongs in that top 10, probably towards the bottom end. And, you know, you know the funny thing, too, in, in retrospect, Hogan, if there was no Hulk Hogan, who was a total phenomena, yeah. Macho Man would have been the face of the WWF. I mean, it's undoubtedly, totally undoubtedly to me. You know, Macho would have been the guy, and they would have built a company around him, if not for Mr. Terry Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I completely agree with that because, you know, when he got his title, I mean, think about this. Hogan had the title for four years. I mean, nowadays, that's like holding the title for three months. But back then, you know, because the title switched so often, but he held the title for four entire years which is one of the longest runs in, in, in the history of wrestling and obviously in the WWE. And Macho Man got it right after Hulk Hogan. I mean, that's how big he was, that he was in the middle of Hulkamania. He got the title twice because, of course, he got it later on at WrestleMania uh, 8 against um, Ric Flair. But you know what? That, that's such an amazing thing. To me, I would definitely put him in the, in the top ten up, up, upwards, like you said. Um, you know, for me, it would have to be Hogan and Flair because of their who they were and, and their personality, everything about them. And then you've got Austin and Rock, and, I mean, Shawn Michaels would be my number five because, of, you know, again, I'm a big HBK fan. But right after that, I think that Macho Man belongs in the uh, in, in the, the talk. But let me ask you yeah. this. Joe and, well, Joe and I always throw, talk. So Dave, oh, sorry, go, Dave, go ahead. Let me throw one thing in for you because something that you're really hitting on right there is, is very interesting. Like, think about those guys that you just mentioned. Hogan, okay, fine. Flair, of course. Uh, Rock, Austin, of course. But then you settle in at number five with HBK. And the irony is, while I kind of put HBK ahead of Macho, the flaw in that theory is, was HBK a better talker than Macho? Not even close. Not even close. And what a, a such a huge part of any wrestler's game is the yeah. ability to get on that mic and rip it. And we were playing on the, on the, on the, the Busted Open show on Sirius XM, we were playing a lot of his clips, and you know, a, a few in particular stood out. You know, one where you know he's ripping Hogan, calling him, calling him uh, Pukamania and the Pukester, and I remember know, that with uh, Sherry, yeah, with Sherry and Zeus. I mean, some yeah. of those promos are so classic. But if, you know, yeah, from an in-ring, you know, standpoint, does HBK get the nod? Probably, but overall, yeah. does he really get the nod over Macho? That's a tough one, you know. 
I agree. You know, that, that, that's a good point because Macho is just so good at what he does. I think Sean's a little underrated on the microphone, but that's another that's another story for another time. If you really look look at the guys that I mentioned, Sean is like you know head and sh- other than Flair, Sean is head and shoulders above them in terms of uh, in ring ability. But the, if you take away the talking aspect, Hogan would be like in the top 100. You know, his ability on the microphone is really what, what it was the charisma. It's what made Hogan who he was. But Randy was right there. And the fact that he can go toe-to-toe, just like Piper did, but Randy, you know, Randy was kind of on the periphery of face-heel, face-heel. He was so great. And, again, getting into the Hall of Fame, which is the next part of this question, I mean, obviously it's not a legitimate Hall of Fame. But, A, why the hell, and I, and I heard your show, so I know what Georgie Animal Steele said, but why the hell is he not in the WWE Hall of Fame and yeah. the fact that he's not in there, he's dead, obviously, unfortunately. You think that Vince regrets not being able to patch things up with him and put him in while he was alive? Because could you imagine the promo that he would cut at the Hall of Fame speech? That would be classic. Yeah, you know, it's it's a good point by you. He would definitely have ripped a crazy promo, you know, the day before <laughs> WrestleMania, whenever he would have went in. Um, well, a couple things. First, to address why he's not in, all I can do is speak for the people that we've talked to. And just on Monday, I mean, we spoke to, to Jimmy Hart, uh, George Animal Steel, as you said, Greg Dammer Valentine, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, all guys that kind of spanned through Macho's career. We'll probably have yeah. Dime, uh, Diamond Dallas Page on the show tomorrow, uh, you know, amongst others. By the way, we'll have Christian on the show tomorrow and Mick Foley, so we're stacked. And Bobby Cruz, by the way. Don't forget, there's some ridiculously big Ring of Honor news. So the ring announcer for Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Anyway, all I can do is speak for what these guys said. And George Animal Steel put it the the best. And I'm, I'm glad you heard that piece in that the stuff about Stephanie, to me, seems like a total fabrication. It seems out of character for the man and almost just just wrong to even talk about. What George said, and it makes perfect sense, is that, and it happened. It's not like we know that it didn't happen. It happened. Macho left the WWF pretty much high and dry without telling Vince. Vince found out, you know, like a board meeting or a staff meeting. Oh, by the way, Macho's now working for your hated rival, WCW. And if you're Vince McMahon and you built your company around this guy in part, and then to take it a step further, once this guy was going to retire, he absolutely would have been the spokesman for the company. Yeah. He would have been like The Rock. You know, think about The Rock now coming back and doing his thing. And You know, whether Macho would have done that or not is anybody's guess. He's a very private man. So maybe he doesn't even, maybe he would never would have seen, he never would have seen his face again. But I think, according to George Animal Steel, Vince was broken. He was devastated that somebody he treated like a son would leave him like that and and go to the rival. Not just go somewhere else or not just quit, but to go to WCW at the time. My goodness. You know, I could see how Vince would kind of go a little batty over that. To speak for Vince, who can speak for Vince? I mean, that's that's a tough one. He's a guy that is such an enigma um, it's really tough to, to know or to, to, to peek into his head and see what he was thinking and how he was feeling. But to me, from everybody that's spoken about it, it was absolutely and, and, and solely based on the fact that Macho jumped ship and went to the arch rival. And, and, and really, here's the other point. 
Will Macho go into the Hall of Fame? Will he go in this coming year at WrestleMania 28? When, keep in mind, it seems like everything's all set up, not only for Rock to face Cena, but for Rock to also go into the WWE Hall of Fame in his hometown yeah. in Miami. Does he go yeah. in? Can you put Macho in, which would be such an emotional summer, with The Rock? He might not make it in this year. And then that would just be point. such an uproar. <clears throat> Hey, Doug, it's JB from Pure Gold 2. How are you, sir? Hey, JB. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Good. Um, let me ask you, uh, I totally agree with you what you were just saying with, um, you know, you know, who could actually know what Vince is actually thinking. But I do think there's some of, uh, you know, I, sometimes I think Vince isn't human, but I think the human side of Vince does regret the fact that he didn't patch things up with, uh, you know, Macho Man before he passed away suddenly like he did with, you know, Bret Hart. So, um, you're right. I think that Macho Man might actually get in this uh, next year, and Rock might be have to wait for another year, maybe for like WrestleMania 30. So I do agree with you on that one. Um, but w- what's your favorite Macho Man match of all time? Is it WrestleMania 3? Uh, I, I, to me, absolutely, undoubtedly. Although you guys mentioned another great one, and I don't think it can be discounted, and that's Macho Ultimate Warrior, I believe, 7, correct? Yeah, or WrestleMania 7. Now, the reason that I think that that was such a great match and so underrated is that it was a great match, and it had the Ultimate Warrior in it. It was just a <laughs> terrible wrestler. You know, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. The guy was all pomp and circumstance, and it's almost blasphemous for me to even use that word in regards to, yeah. <laughs> to the Ultimate Warrior considering as much a song. But the guy was all flair and no substance. And let's be totally honest about about Warrior. I mean, the guy... He had a charisma about him. He was yes, an over face. But the guy couldn't go. And Macho carried that guy to a great match. So, to me, I think that's a match that you really can't discount. But, yeah, WrestleMania three, Steamboat Savage, to me, it put wrestling, the modern-day wrestling. And, you know, another thing that George Steele said, if anybody gets a chance, man, that's an interview you gotta you got to check out if you can get a replay of the show or, or whatnot. He was so intelligent in breaking things down. What, what George Allen Steele said was that prior to, say, the WrestleManias of the world, even, you know, one, two, and three, when things started to change, everything was called in the ring. So these guys are calling their matches, and basically there's not a whole lot of scripting and there's not a whole lot of prep. Well, Macho, <laughs> that guy was absolutely a preparation guy. He would rehearse things over and over and over again to the point where he had Steamboat and George Steele at his house going through move after move after move just to make sure that they had it all right. So I think that match is is a paramount match, the landmark match, because it kind of changed the dynamic of wrestling in terms of the preparation aspect and how matches were called in the ring. Right. Do you do you think that um Vince did any justice to Macho Man by not doing any video package at the beginning of Raw this past Monday or last night, I mean, or just, you know, they basically just showed a picture of him with the uh, date that he was born and passed away. What do you think? David, it's a good question. Um, It's really hard to say. On the one hand, and, and I know our fans out there, all wrestling fans out there, probably would have liked to have seen something off the bat. Not just the, the same, you know, it was the same picture, correct me if I'm wrong, that you saw at the beginning of the pay-per-view on Sunday. Um, yeah, right. 
Then, the, then Raw starts, and Jerry Lawler, one of his big-time rivals from back in the day, comes to the ring. And then Bret Hart comes to the ring. And in my head, I'm thinking, interesting. Are they going to do a tribute? Are they going to do something where Lawler and Hart kind of toss it to a video package and then reminisce in the ring? And Obviously, they didn't go that way because immediately R-Truth interrupts everybody and comes out. And By the way, R-Truth is pretty damn good in his new heel role, but like you said, for a different story for a different day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was I disappointed? Yeah, I was a little disappointed, and I was a little bit surprised that they didn't, they wouldn't lead it off with Macho. Now, that said, they did make up for it later. Very unusual to do it at, like, I think it was the, uh, you know, uh, 90 minutes or 100 minutes into the show, but, you know, definitely in, in, in the... It was uh, right before oh. the, uh, it was actually dug right before the main event. Right before yeah. Truth came out, right before the commercial break, they did it. And to me, <clears throat> yeah. I get I get Joe's point. I get what you're saying. But the fact that they would, first of all, they don't know they don't ever do video packages for former talent and deceased talent. They do the picture and that's it. For the current talent, they usually do the ten bell salute and sometimes a video package. But for him to get a video package right before the main event, to me, spoke volumes and, of what he meant to the company. And you know? CM Punk with yes. The gear, you know, yes. at the pay-per-view, trying to drop an elbow drop off the top rope, you know. I mean, CM Punk, by the way, I, I bow in your honor as a wrestling fan because thank you for doing what everybody wanted to see, which was a real tribute, a, a tangible tribute to Macho. Yes. I can, I'll watch video packages till I'm blue in the face and probably cry every time. But to see a current guy out there pay tribute to him, where his – that was his WrestleMania three get-up. That's what he yeah, wore it was. Three. It was brilliant. So good it for was. CM Punk. So yeah, it's a really good point, David. You make in that you know, yeah, they did it an interesting time. One note to that, I I do feel for Vince, and this is the point that I kind of wanted to make earlier. In that, on the one hand, yeah, was I a little bit disappointed they didn't start the show off of it? Sure. You know, was I happy that they did it? And did they do it right? Of course. The WWE is the greatest in terms of production, probably even better than ESPN. Yeah, definitely. I agree. If you're Vince McMahon, especially after the Benoit situation, when, you know, they do this mega tribute to him, and then he kind of, he didn't kind of, he got burned by Benoit. Yeah, definitely. He got burned by that situation. If I'm Vince... I am very skeptical of doing those sort of things, and he kind of did away with them. And he definitely wouldn't do a sort of blowout show that I'm sure a lot of Macho fans wanted. Of course I don't not. think he'd ever do it again unless it was a current wrestler who, God forbid, you know, you know, passed away. I don't, yeah, I don't think yeah, he'd exactly. ever do it again like that. You know, so so for what it was, and for a guy that was long since gone from the company, I think. I think they did a good job. Was it spectacular? Was it perfect? No, but they did a damn good job. I agree. I agree, Doug. Now, let's turn our attention to um, current WWE. I don't have a lot of things on it, but I just want to hit on two things. Because Over Limit was just this past Sunday, and uh, two guys I want to get your take on, but just uh, hear me out. Both Christian and Miz. I want to talk about the Miz first. I mean, where does this basically leave the Miz? He clearly tapped out, you know, and there was no outside interference, no nothing. Like, my, my theory was that Riley was going to throw him the towel, and then all of a sudden he would get into a little, you know, a little fight with, or a little feud with Riley. That didn't happen. Is he now going to be stuck as a mid-carder for the rest of his career? 
I think uh, I think the utter destruction and decimation of any accrued goodwill uh, for the Miz is gone. I mean, unfortunately, I think the guy is great. I think he had amazing, amazing future ahead of him, and I absolutely think this was a huge step back for him. I mean, for him to beat the crap out of Cena for 20-plus minutes and then the second Cena kind of went on the offensive for him to run away uh, like he did and then in two seconds tap out to the STF was just embarrassing. And, you know, not Mrs. Fault, from day one since he got that title, he was booked weak. And I, I don't fault Miz because I think from what he was given, he did an amazing job with, an awesome job, uh, one might say. He would probably yep. say. But <laughs> his, his character is, has taken a hit. And then for him to get the other crap beat out of him last night by his bodyguard, so to speak, Alex Riley, is even another kind of, you know, vinegar in the wound, so to speak. So, yeah, really tough for the Miz to rebound off of this. But if anybody can... Because he can rip it on the mic. I think the Miz has a shot to make it back, but it's, it's going to be a long road to hoe. Okay, and then the same thing, and you're going to have him on your show. So same thing with Christian. I mean, the guy wins the title at Extreme Rules, then gets, um, you know, he gets a rematch at over the over the limit and loses again. I mean, what's in store for Christian at this point? I mean, here at Pure Gold, we were very upset to hear that. The guy wins the World Heavyweight title two days later, which in theory it's like four days later, but drops the title to Randy Orton for no apparent reason other than the fact that Vince doesn't think he could carry a show. I mean, what's in store for Christian at this point now that he's lost two t- I mean, he's lost the title and he's lost the rematch. I mean, where does Christian go from here? That is true. That is true. But let me take it in a different angle. Christian yeah. has never been more relevant, and Christian has never been more over in his entire career. And I don't care. He could lose to Randy Orton a hundred times. If he loses to Randy Orton the way he lost to him on SmackDown a week ago, and if he loses to Randy Orton the same way he lost to him at Over the Limit, he's gold. He is pure gold. All right? Let me just, <laughs> let me just give you guys a little nice shout-out there. He is, <laughs> he is incredible. All right? He is, uh, he is a hell of a worker. What he's not great at, is being on the mic, you know, he's not, he's still, and he's not great as a face. So if what they're doing is him, you know, going to be in, in, in agony and torment and ultimately turn him heel, I think it's the right decision. And to have him feud with Orton, I think would be spectacular. Keep it going. Why stop? I don't care if he lost to, to Orton uh, twice in a row. I don't care if he lost to him 10 times in a row. He's more relevant and more over than at any point in his career. As long as they just keep going and keep progressing it and keep letting them wrestle 10, 15-minute amazing matches, well, who the hell is going to complain with that, guys? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, folks, we're talking with Doug Mortman of uh, SiriusXM's Busted Open. Uh, great show. If you guys have Sirius, check it out. Uh, Doug, what are the channels again real quick? Because uh, you, you confused me before. <laughs> 94, was it? Sirius 92 XM 207. All right, I was close. Sirius 92 XM 207. Got to remember that for the fans out there. Uh, real quick, Doug, before we let you go, because you know, you know, you're we're, we're pressed for time here. Um, you mentioned you really don't think Christian is is that good on the mic. I've always compared him and Edge, and I know Edge is you know one of the one of the the great ones, and Vince has always been so high on him. But I kind of never saw why he was so much higher on Edge than Christian. You know, Christian can go in the ring. I, I've always thought that he's good on the microphone. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, now he's getting the push of a lifetime, like you said, but you really don't think he's that good? I mean, I think he's average on the mic. Uh, you know, again, oh. overall package, I think he's fantastic. But on the mic, to me, I think a great example would be the promo that he cut the day after he won the championship at Extreme Rules. Um, he fell flat. The crowd lost interest. I don't think it's necessarily Christian's fault. I think it was potentially the promo that he was given. I've always thought, especially if you look at his TNA career, he was so much better on the mic as a heel. So if that's ultimately where they're going and you look at the body of work for him, I, I think I think that's the perfect way to, to continue to push him along. And like you said, the push of a lifetime, kind of keep that momentum going. If he stays as a face, I think ultimately it'll get a little stale. He can't fight Randy Orton forever. Uh, yeah, so I think I think I think turning him heel is the way to go. But you know, I I I do respectfully disagree with you in, in terms of is he is he is he bad? No, definitely not. Is he very good on the mic, especially the face? In my mind, absolutely not. Now, Doug, um, one last question from me. Do you think? I mean, there's been talk about it through the internet. I've I've seen a couple things say that The Rock should wrestle before WrestleMania and maybe face The Miz at SummerSlam, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, do you think that it's a wise move for the WWE to potentially try to sell SummerSlam with a Miz versus Rock and then sell us with uh, Cena versus you know Rock at WrestleMania next year? I, I don't have a problem with that, um, although just knowing the WWE, there's no way they're giving away a match with The Rock uh, that early. It's going to be a long build, and there's no way they're just going to give you a match of that caliber. I don't know if it's The Miz or somebody else, but I, I can't see them giving away, giving away uh, The Rock wrestling, you know, uh, before WrestleMania. I don't think you're going to see him in the ring, not, okay. you know, you know, wrestling capacity before WrestleMania 28. All right, Doug, and, and one last question for me. Um, with TNA now naming, and this is confusing to me, by the way. I'm still confused about it. With TNA now renaming itself Impact Wrestling, and I'm not sure if the company is Impact Wrestling or if it's just a show that's Impact Wrestling, and that alone to me is not a good sign because if, if I don't know, you know, who, who knows if anybody else knows. But what do you think about that? you think it's going to do anything for TNA, or are they just trying to, you know, throw, throw it up against the wall, see if it sticks? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it was a good thing in theory. Um, I was very happy to hear about what they were doing. We knew about it weeks before because we actually sat down with Kurt Angle um, and went through the whole – we had an hour-long interview with Kurt Angle. So he kind of spilled heard that one. to us. And we, and we promised him. We said, you know what, Kurt, we're not going to play this until it actually happens. So we held back the info, and we uh, we kept the spoilers in our own little brains here. I say a little uh, tongue-in-cheek, you know what I mean? But anyway, <laughs> hey, we're wrestling fans. We're not all that bright. What can I tell you? But anyway, um, <laughs> so I think as the build-up happened, especially the build-up for us, knowing what was going to happen, it was it was exciting. Um, however, <laughs> the first TNA show that we see as Impact Wrestling, and by the way, I am pretty damn sure at this point, after talking to everybody from, you know, Double J himself uh, to Kurt to a lot of the guys uh, over at TNA, the company is still going to be TNA. Impact Wrestling is simply the show. You'll hear that uh, with the Mick Foley interview tomorrow. Um, The company is still TNA. Impact Wrestling is the show. Here's my problem. How does Abyss 
you know, do what he did. How does Eric Bischoff do what he did on Impact, on its first show as, uh, you know, a company now, as a, as a show now that wrestling matters? Well, how does wrestling matter if Eric Bischoff is in the ring at all in general? Does wrestling really matter? That's my biggest problem with that. So, in theory, great move. In actuality, did you guys think wrestling matters after you watched Impact Wrestling on Thursday? I don't no. think I don't think I think wrestling matters anytime I watch Imp- uh, uh, Impact or TNA. And I want TNA to succeed just like the first time we spoke with you. I just don't think they know what the hell they're doing to be quite honest. And it shows in the product that they that they put out there. I mean, you've got Abyss, you know, did, didn't he just win the uh, the X Division title? I mean, that was that was their staple. And now you have Abyss holding the belt. You know what? TNA, they just they need to get their heads out of their collective, you know what? But Doug we really do appreciate you coming on with us and giving us, you know, 20 minutes or so uh, to talk about the Macho Man and, of course, to talk about everything going on in wrestling. And you have any 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 final note on uh, Macho before, you know, we uh, we let you go? Well, I would just say that, you know, he's a guy that I think people our age really, really love. He transcended wrestling, you know, with the whole Slim Jim commercial. Look, he took the Slim Jim Enterprise from the WWF and took it with him to the WCW. Think about that. That's a legacy. That guy took an advertising campaign with him. That wasn't a WWF advertising <laughs> campaign. That was a Macho Man advertising campaign. That's what I think about when I think of him. I think about Elizabeth. I think about the wedding. I think about the color of the pageantry. And the man could just connect. He was so over as a heel they had to make him a face. That's Macho Man. Good stuff, Doug, as always. We appreciate it. And, of course, folks, you can check him out tomorrow from 2 to 4, Series 92, XM 207. Did I get it right this time? Perfect, Dave. Perfect. <laughs> Doug, have a good night, man. We appreciate it. David, JB, appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Take Doug. care. homage to the Macho Man. Folks, it is now 1034, and we welcome back to Pure Gold. He's been gone for a week, and you folks probably have missed him. He is none other than TJ Todd Johnstone, and that's right, folks. It's time for the sports update and Todd's Take, brought to you by Easy Pizza. Easy Pizza is a new pizza concept, handmade, 8-inch focaccia-style personal pizza. Choose from three savory crusts, including whole wheat, Wow, choose from four types of cheeses as well. That's crazy. And finish it off with our selection of over 70 fresh toppings. This is all DG. He's the expert at this stuff, uh, especially Easy Pizza. I'll be there Try tomorrow it, for lunch, actually. Yeah, he he could plug it all all day and all night. No need to call ahead. <laughs> easy Pizzas are made fresh before your eyes. They are ready to enjoy in only three easy minutes. Located at 184 Essex Street in Essex Square next to National Liquidators in Lodi. Thanks to Easy Pizza. Fresh from fresh just got easy. Make sure you mention pure gold when you come in. <laughs> and with that, 
without further ado, we welcome TJ Todd Johnson back to Pure Gold. How are you, sir? I am doing great. I had intended to bring the show to a screeching halt, but it seems you've already done that for me. Thanks. So before I get into the <laughs> before I get into the scores, I just want to say I was listening to the replays over the weekend, and uh, the Smallville show was fantastic. It was a really great show, and I, you know, I'm listening to the replays, and I I started to dial in so I could comment, and I remembered that I was listening to the replays. Let me just say <laughs> one thing about the the last episode of Smallville. I find it hard to believe that it took 10 years to give us what we were waiting for in two minutes. Very disappointing. I agree with that. I agree. (laughs) So, on to the sports scores. In the NHL, in the Western Conference Finals, Game 5, the Sharks and the Canucks are knotted at one as they close out the second. The Canucks lead that series 3-2-1. In the NBA, Eastern Conference Finals, Game 4, the Bulls lead the Heat 68-63 at the end of the third, and the Heat lead that series 2-1. to one. In Major League Baseball, the D-backs have a doubleheader today. Rockies win the first game 12-4, to four, and it looks like the D-backs are going to win the late game 5-2. to two. They are late in the seventh. Royals lose to the Orioles 5-3. to three. The Sox over the Indians 4-2. to two. Reds top the Phils 6-3. Tigers over the Rays 7-6. Braves beat the Pirates, 2-zip. Jays lose to the Yanks. Boo hits to them, 4-5. to Dodgers and Strohs, Dodgers lead 5-4 to in the ninth. Nats over the Brewers, 6-3 to in the seventh. The White Sox and Rangers are in rain delay right now. The Mariners and the Twins, Twins lead 4-2 to in the ninth. Cards are, leading, are losing to the Padres, 2-1 to in the second. A's and Angels, no score in the second Marlins and Giants, no score in the first, and the Mets are getting embarrassed even further, 11-1 to 1 in the seventh inning. Jamie? Nice. Wow, that is an embarrassment. And we'll get to the Mets a little later in the show, and we'll further embarrass them because, you know, what Fred Wilpon said, <laughs> let's just face it, I mean, it doesn't get more embarrassing to be a Mets fan these days, but, you know, I don't want to go on to a little rant about that. Let's get to Todd's take that has been a week overdue. So, Todd, sir, take it away. Well, let's actually start to kindle that fire. New York Mets owner Fred Wilpon has said that the team is, quote-unquote, bleeding cash and could lose $70 million this season. I'd like to say that I spent my money there on four tickets, including one for the dog and food for everybody. So they got all they're getting out of me this year. And he has said that the person that is responsible for the financial woes is none other than one Bernard Madoff. No real relevation there. Okay, so Ian O'Connor of ESPN wrote that if Bud Seeley doesn't take control of the Mets the way he took control of the Dodgers, there's only one plausible explanation, and that's that Fred Wilpon is a buddy of his and Frank McCourt is not. Ooh, scathing. I have to agree with ESPN's Buster Only, who uh, said that somebody needs, and I'm sure they have, tell Fred Wilpon that the more he talks, the more difficult he's making GM Sandy Alderson's job. Wilpon also said that Sports Illustrated said to Sports Illustrated that he fears he could lose the Mets if Irving Picard, trustee for the Madoff victims, wins a one billion that's billion with a B lawsuit against the team and the owners. Wilpon said, "I think the club could be, I I think the club became in jeopardy when Picard 
file for this billion dollars. That's when I decided to sell part of the club and maintain control of our operations and share the partnership with somebody. He also said that he was willing to settle based on the $295 million in fictitious profits he earned, but he will not settle based on the $700 million. Former New York Governor Mario Cuomo has been brought in to mediate the talks but has not been able to convince Picard that the $700 million is just not happening. And one can only hope that if he's a Mets fan, he will continue to go to bat for the Mets, to use a little baseball vernacular. Wilpon has been actively but unsuccessfully trying to sell a a non-controlling interest in the team to raise some much-needed loot, but by most reports, if he can raise $200 million, $25 $25 million will pay back the emergency loan they took out from Major League Baseball. $75 million will be used to pay a part of the total debt of $427 million. And $100 million will go to operating expenses. Now, by my math, that still lives a pretty big deficit. I mean, I could be wrong, you know, new math and all. Even though the Mets will have nearly $64 million in salary come off the books, supposedly, they intend to put – they don't intend to put, if any – of that back at the payroll next year, according to sources in the organization. So a top 10 payroll team will most likely head for the seller pretty quickly next year. Is Fred Wilpon a competent owner? I don't really know. I don't think any of us will know until this whole thing plays out. The only thing I could say for sure, and without any fear of misinterpretation, is that in the end, you and I both know full well who's not only going to suffer from the fandom perspective, but we know who's going to end up with the bill. Open your wallets, Mets fans, or don't. Either way, our owner has been taken. I'm Todd Johnstone. JB? Well, Todd, we appreciate you coming on the air. You know, as always, uh, it's a pleasure. Yours, of course. Thank you for giving us that update. And you gave us something to talk about a little bit later on. We'll get into the whole Bernie Madoff, Fred Wilpon garbage, the fiasco that is the New York Mets. So, Todd, you have a wonderful evening, sir. You too, guys, as well. Thank you. Welcome back. Thank you. Folks, as it, right before we move on to the rest of the show, we got a little something for you. What up, Mike? Oh, Folks, that was Macho Man's main theme song from WCW. And I, of course, love the part where whoever that is, I don't know if it's Gorgeous George or I don't know who, What Up Mach, gotta love it. The Macho Man, I have his classic three-disc set. And from what I read today, uh, reading online onslaught, the Rick did an, an amazing career retrospective on him. And he talked about how Savage had declined to be in part of the, uh, the three-disc set. And it's a shame because, it, to me, it really takes away from it. It's detrimental when you don't have a guy who's the set is about talking about his career. Same thing with the the Rock DVD. It's just lackluster. But anyway, I'm sure that that'll start sounding like hotcakes. Of course, we're paying homage to the Macho Man. Um, you know, m- most of our questions when we spoke with Doug were focused on him and his career, but we had to get a current little current WWE on there just because of the fact that we haven't talked about wrestling in just about three weeks. Without further ado, though, as we switch gears. We're going to talk a little television, and one thing is Todd talked about small, but we've really been focusing a lot on TV lately, which is why wrestling has taken a major back seat. 
we have the one and only Hans joining us this evening. And hopefully Hans will not go into the black hole of a loss of reception like he did the last time. Hans, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, uh, like you said, I was in the black hole, also known as Wayne, New Jersey. Worst place Wayne. for a reception ever. What a waste. It's also the worst place to live if it rains because, of course, you get flooded. But, Hans, what do you have for us this evening? Well, I have two lists, guys, uh, renewed shows and canceled shows. And then on Thursday's show, I'm going to go over what they're going to be replacing now that they've canceled all these shows. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you guys want to get into first, the canceled list or the renewed list? Let's get the bad I'll out be- of the way first. What do you think, JB? Yeah, I'll be honest with you, Hans. I mean, I just finished watching probably the last episode of the show that I've been watching on the black hole known as NBC. So why don't we do what they always like to do, cancel my shows, a la Knight Rider, a la the events. Hit me up with the bad news. Damn it, go. We'll start with the cancel list. And uh, these are in alphabetical order. I know some of them off the hand, so if you guys want to know the network, just let me know. First on the list is Better With You. And on the bubble as of right now, it it's on the cancel list, but we're not sure yet. Breaking in the new comedy, uh, it features Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville fame. Uh, the show is pretty good, but not enough viewers, but... They're trying to make it go for another season, so who knows about that? Um, right. Brother, brothers and sisters, <laughs> the horribly made The Cape finally got canceled. Well, it Officially? got canceled a while ago. Uh, we have Chaos, Chase, The Chicago Code, the new Criminal Mind spin-off suspect behavior. Got Wait a minute, it got canceled? Stopped. It got canceled, sir. Are you sure? Oh, I haven't seen it, but I actually I thought that the, they did the season finale just a couple of days ago. <laughs> I can't believe it. The Mets actually, uh, the Mets, sorry, I'm over here looking at uh, Twitter, Adam and the Bull talking about the Mets' disgrace. Um, I can't believe Criminal Mind's uh, suspect behavior got canceled. Wow, after only one season. Yeah, it, it didn't uh, do well with the... Uh, the ratings, of course, so they chopped it off. Of course. Um, the Defenders, Detroit 187. Unfortunately, Joe, this was on the bubble for a while. The event is on the canceled list. Well, uh, Friday I mean, Night well, Light. Wait, before we get any further than that, I mean, I'm 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 going to, like, start going crazy on NBC right now because they had the cape. <laughs> they canceled Please that do. show, right? So then they canceled the, the event. Sucked, did you, did, you you can't defend the cape. Yeah, you can't. There's You're right. No way it's a garbage you... show. I mean, yeah. I totally agree with you. But did you watch the event at least last night? I I haven't been keeping up with it. I did watch the first, I believe, like eight or nine episodes. The show is good. I will give you that. I I agree with Joe. It shouldn't get canceled. It's along the lines of uh, Lost. If anybody's a, a Lost fan. The event is along the same lines. I loved it. I mean, I don't understand why it's getting canceled. But, this was supposed you know, to be the next loss, wasn't it? It was supposed to be the next well, thing to so take over for uh, Flash Forward was supposed to be the next loss. And they got a couple shows 
that are like the event, like Lost, like Flash Forward coming out this new season that I'll go over uh, on Thursday's show. But yeah, I don't I don't know why the event is getting canceled because the ratings weren't horrible, but they weren't as high as they wanted them to be. Do you want me to tell so, you how it ended? No, don't tell me how it ended. I'm going to watch it. Don't tell me how it ended. Where are you going to watch it? They canceled the damn show. Well, I have the, the rest of the shows on my computer. I'm just waiting to watch it when I have some time. All right, so when we watch it, watch let's it. discuss it. All right, not a problem. Cool. Uh, Friday Night Lights is on its last season. Uh, the Good Guys, the Tom Welling produced or executive produced Hellcats is being canceled. Oh, what is Human it? Target. <laughs> oh. uh, Law and Order Los Angeles is getting canceled for the second time in the same what season. What a disgrace. Wait, hold on a second. What a disgrace that is. Let, let me tell you, that show was good. It was fine as it was when they originally had it cast. Then they screwed it up and tried to fix it, and then they ruined that show again. And then, of course, they're canceling it. Now, I can't believe it. How do you cancel a show with Alfred Molina, Terrence Howard, the amazing Alana De La Garza, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. How do you cancel a show with that kind of talent, sir? Can you tell me? Can you explain to me, please? Well, you know, you know what? When the show originally aired, I caught a couple episodes. I thought it was great. After they they changed it up and put Alfred Molina as a starring role, I thought it sucked. I don't think – I don't know. The, the show, I know it's a TV show, but these shows, the Law & Orders, are kind of, like, based on reality. I don't yeah. know what – District attorney, attorney would go from that job to being a cop again. I I don't know. You explain that to me. How I, in wait, the real wait, world that could happen? After 15 years of of being a district attorney and not being on the police force, somehow they accept him back on the show. I mean, on the show they accept him back on the on the the force, and yet, I mean, it was terrible. It didn't even make sense. You know, it it's like I can't even make a good analogy because it's just so bad. I do like Alfred Molina as an actor, though, so, you know, that kind of, it threw me off. I really yeah. didn't expect to sort of get canceled again. I mean, the cast is great. They had great actors. It just, I didn't feel it was believable enough. And Alfred Molina as a, I guess, as a starring role, I didn't like it. I liked the other guy, uh, Skeet Ulrich, whatever, yeah, however let me you just, pronounce his name. Let me just say this. He was pretty good. My, my favorite part of the show was Alana De La Garza and her hair. Cause she's just amazing, beautiful woman, love her. One of my favorite actresses. But, you know, my wife's not listening, so let's just move on with the rest of the show, sir. Well, on another nugget with, with the Law & Order family, uh, Chris Maloney will not be joining Law & Order Special Victims Unit next season. He's leaving what? the show. Are you He's kidding me? He's leaving the show. No. Wait, wait a minute. He's... Wait a minute. Are you serious? Go to hell! Yeah. You you have to be how is how is Christopher Maloney not going to be joining Law and Order next year? No, no, it doesn't even make sense. You know, Chris Maloney, you know what I say to you? Go to hell! How can he not come back? What is it like, fifteen seasons or something? How are they going to do Law and Order show, without Chris Maloney? He's been on the show since it debuted in nineteen ninety nine. So how? about twelve years. So. Wait, wait, what? Oh, uh, is that all? He's been on the show for like 12 years. Is that all? 12 years, that's it? 
How are they going to have a Law and Order Special Victims Unit without without uh, Chris Maloney? How is that possible without Elliot? How is that and, possible, sir? And and uh, Mariska Hargitay is leaving halfway through the season. So why don't they just take a big old dump and you know put it on the air and then you know finish it out there? How? What the hell is wrong with these people? Why don't they just cancel the show? Why don't they have them go down in a blaze of glory? Have Benson and Saber both get shot by each other, and then by the other guys, by Finn and by uh, Munch. How are they going to continue this show without the two main actors? Can you explain that to me? I have no idea. They they're looking for a big name actor to replace him. So who knows what's going to happen and how it's going by? I, I don't know. You know, all I can say to Chris Maloney is like I got like three words for you, Chris. You know what? He honestly, he makes us all sick. Joe, do you agree with me? I know you don't like Law and Order, but how is the main, the, the two main characters of the show not going to be there? What's the point of continuing the show? What is the point? Yeah. Just like The Office, just like The Office, we always go back to that. You know, without Steve Carell, what is The Office? It's not The Office anymore. But Hans, let me ask you: How many of those uh, shows were on NBC or USA that were canceled? Uh, Law and Order was the Law and Order LA was NBC, I believe. Friday Night Lights was on NBC. The event was NBC. Uh, Chase was on NBC. The Cape NBC, and so far that's what what was on NBC. Well, Hans, let me you know, know. no, no. I just want to just I just want to prove my point that uh, the fitting. You know, the fitting name, Dick Embersall, resigned recently. I don't know if you heard about that on NBC. And let's just face it, NBC stands for nothing but crap. That's all they produce is nothing but crap. And they cancel shows (laughs) midseason. I can't stand it anymore. I can't believe we're talking about this. I can't believe I'm worked up about this because Night Rash should have not got canceled midseason. You know what, Joe? I honestly don't understand it. I I really just don't get what the whole point of that is, and I honestly don't understand what the hell NPC is doing. I go back to I go back to Law and Order. How in the hell are we supposed to have Law and Order without those guys? Does it say anything? Are they going to bring in the guys from Law and Order Los Angeles to take over Law and Order uh, SVU? Hans, can you tell me that, please? Uh, I I hope not, because then they will make the show even more horrible. I I truly don't understand how Chris Maloney doesn't want to come back. I don't yeah, but Marissa Hargitay health. is leaving half season. How do you explain that? Well, she's been having health problems. This season alone, she, she's been only in half the episodes because of uh, the health problems she's been having. So, I mean, for her to leave, it, it's understandable. For him to leave, I don't know. I mean, how many Harold and Kumars are you going to do? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully there's not another one of those in the works. But uh, what else is going on, sir, in terms of television? Because I could talk about this all day and how pissed I am about that. Your favorite show, Lie to Me, is getting canceled, but you, you uh, already knew that, just letting. <laughs> um, Life Unexpected, some dance show, Live to Dance, is getting canceled. Mad Love, Medium, Mr. Sunshine, No Ordinary Family, Off the Map, Outsource got canceled. Perfect Couples, Running Wild, Bleep My Dad Says, 
traffic light and B. Wasn't wasn't outsourced NBC as well? Yes, it was. Yes. Oh, just just and, pointing out the audience, okay. And so was uh, Perfect Couples, right, DG? Um, yes, it was actually. That was that show was garbage. That show was complete crap. Well, yeah, but, yeah that, it was that NBC was a also. All right, what's coming back? Because yeah. every show on the air seems to, seems to have gotten canceled. What else is coming back next year? Is there anything coming uh, back next, next year? Y- Are we going to have television yeah. next year? <laughs> Not good television, I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh, on the list for coming back is 30 Rock, 90210, uh, American Dad, American Idol, America's Next Top Model, The Bachelor, Big Bang Theory, the Biggest Loser, Blue Bloods, uh, Bob's Burger, Body of Proof, Bones, Castle, Chuck, which is, I believe it's airing its last season, yes. The Cleveland Show, Community, Cougar Town, The Original Criminal Minds is coming back. Of course. All the CSIs are, are coming back. I thought they were going to cancel some of the CSIs. No, they're, they're, on the they're coming back. As far as whether it's the last season or not, um, I'm not sure. I just know that they're coming back. All right, Hans, you know what? Can uh, you uh, give us give us a quick timeout for a second? We have a call on the line we'd like to get to, um, you know, before sure, we, sure. we continue. So I'm, I'm going to put you on hold for a minute. Uh, you are live and on the air with Pure Gold. Hey, hello. Hey, what's going on? Kenny, Kenny, my what? friend, how are you doing, sir? I should have known it was you. Yeah, you should have known it was me. I mean, who else calls from Florida at this time yeah, of night? Well, we get weird phone calls, weird people calling in, uh, you know, 516-561. So what's in your mind, Kenny? You're going to talk about some uh, some what? television here, or what, what are we doing? Well, yeah, well, yeah. Let, let's talk about what's, what, 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 what isn't getting canceled. The New York Mets. God, how <laughs> awful is that? How awful is that? I, okay, you I'm know what? I'm not like you guys. I have to pay to watch my my med games, okay? And it's it's god awful. I mean, you know, the guy's booting the ball off the left fielder to the center fielder. You know, a clown's bopping up in right field, hundred thousand points, and, and the Cubs, the Cubs, the Cubs, the Cubs are winning, okay? Kenny, let me ask you a question. What? You're a Red Sox fan. Why are you watching Mets games? Why do you why do you blog about the Mets on our, on our uh, website? And why are you so worked up about the Mets? Are you a closet Mets fan? Do you like to be tortured and kicked in the shins? There's nothing positive about it. I mean, I, I'm a Mets fan. I hate the Yankees, so naturally I like the Red Sox. I mean, I mean. <laughs> you like every other team that's not the Yankees, basically, is what you're saying. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I would rather watch Montreal Expos games over Yankee games. Montreal <laughs> Expos don't exist. Of course, of course. But, Hopefully but the Yankees don't exist. Another reason I'm calling, you know, I'm listening to the show, you know, the great things about, you know, great macho man, you know, he's a childhood, of course. you know, uh, you know, he was a hero to all of us, and you know, we all felt like, like we knew the man, like, like, like you know, growing up, like this guy was like the guy we wanted to be, the big guy flying off the top rope and yeah. saying a bunch of gibberish. As you can see, I since I speak so much gibberish, I take up a little bit after him. You know, not you know? as cool. Ooh, yeah, but, not. you know. Hey, Kenny, let, let me uh, let me mention this to you. Uh, I was explaining it to my wife the other day when I found out he had passed. And I, I was, you know, again, I grew up as a huge Hulk Hogan fan. I was sad about it. I was very sad. But when I think about the Macho Man, 
all I think about, you know, as a kid growing up watching it and stuff, is the fact that, like you said, you, you spend your you spend years watching this man, you know, him or Hogan or whoever it may be, on your television. You almost feel like you know the person. You feel like they're almost like they're a part of your extended family. And I know people go nuts when celebrities die and they go crazy and they're crying like lunatics and savages. I mean, that's not me, or pun intended. That's not me. But I was genuinely saddened when I heard about the Macho Man. When I told Joe, I mean, he couldn't even guess. So I had to come out and tell him. But it was something that really hit home because I watched this man. I followed him for years, and I always liked him. I always thought he was he was underrated. And now to hear him gone at age 58, and I think about my, my father who's uh, 65, just turned 65, and it's just crazy how time flies, and then all of a sudden these guys are gone, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you, we, we see our heroes, you know, one after another, they're passing away, whether it be in wrestling or in in baseball or whatever whatever it is, and it's it's a reflection that you know this life is short, and you know you know one minute we're here and the next minute we're gone, and you know the the next generation comes up and it's the same thing, and it's just one just cycle that just goes on and goes on, and you know it's tough for us to sometimes grasp and understand that yeah we're we're mere mortals and you know our time's going to come we don't know when that is and you know when, when something like that happens to someone we grew up watching that we thought was invincible uh, yeah it was you know a uh, superpower you know uh, a living superhero you know yeah, it, yeah. It, it it hits us kind of tough i mean like it's it's kind of like when a sportscaster of a, of a baseball team like like when bob murphy passed I mean, yeah, you know, I yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody felt like you know it was like a friend of all, you know, like someone you you grew up to know. I mean, you you remember his 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 most memorable calls, the 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 infamous uh, game against the Phillies where the Mets win the damn thing. You, you know, that one always comes to mind. Um, <laughs> of course, the '86 World Series against my Buckner. The '80 the '86 World Series, you know, things like that. You know, um, the home run, you know, Piazza's home run. Uh, you know, just all those things, and you know, you you just you know, it's just something that like one minute this person's there, and next minute they're not. And another thing that I've always said that you know, so kind of sad, but you know, professional wrestlers should never be in Tampa. You you just it's it's sad but true. More wrestlers have died in Tampa outside of the ring than any other city in this country. I mean, you've got. Mike Awesome, now you've got the Macho Man, you had Test, I think there's a couple other ones, and it's just, just crazy, man. Yeah, it, it's definitely crazy, Kenny. You know, we, we obviously, uh, we appreciate your call, and, you know, you're, you, as usual, you're kind of all over the place, but but we, uh, <laughs> we, we appreciate you. You're like the wacky cousin who, you know, comes over too often and uh, takes the food and, you know, comes over unannounced. But you are definitely a part of the show. We appreciate you with your with your blogs and your your take on the Mets and the Red Sox and all things that hate the Yankees. Kenny, we appreciate you again coming on. And, of course, you're always welcome on this show. And sorry for not recognizing your number. Our, our call screener is uh, is not with us tonight. She's MIA. I don't know where she is. Probably going to fire her. I should have known 561 was you, but thank you, sir. All right. Anytime, guys. Have a good evening. Take care. Kenny talking yeah. the Macho Man Bob Murphy, the Mets, and the Red Sox all in one, and the WWE not getting canceled because of TV and the Mets and all that other stuff. But uh, you know, let's let's get back to uh, to Hans for a second. Hans, 
I had to take that call. Of course, this show, as Dominic said, this is the type of show we like to give our, our, our listeners a chance to express themselves and rant and rave like lunatics and maniacs, as Kenny always does. So getting back to shows that are still on the air, are there going to be any shows on the air, sir? Uh, yeah, there's a, a whole other half to go. Uh, let's see where I left off. Desperate Housewives, Family Guy. Oh, please. How do these shows Friends. keep coming back? Explain to me Explain to me how these shows keep coming back. And then other good shows, like you guys talk about the event, they get canceled. I just don't get or Or Blue Bloods, which I know is coming back because we talked about it barely. But, like, nobody watches these great shows, and they get canceled. And you have garbage shows coming back year after year. I just don't understand it. Uh, actually, Desperate Housewives is on the bubble. I I guess they're lo- losing viewers. It's not as entertaining as it once was. So was it ever entertaining? I have no idea. I never watched it. <laughs> but that's a good sign that they don't cancel just good shows, that they're weeding out the crappy ones like Desperate Housewives. Uh, let's see. Fringe, Glee, The Good Wife, Gossip Girl, Grey's Anatomy. One of the few shows that are that was a mid-season replacement that's coming back is Happy Endings, uh, Harry's Law. Let's see. Coming back is Hawaii Five-O. House is coming back. But I read somewhere that one of the lead actresses is not coming back. I believe uh, it's House's girlfriend on the show, something like that. Yeah, she's a yeah, main Cuddy, character. Um, Lisa yeah, Edelstein, Cuddy, uh, she plays Cuddy, yeah. She's not coming back for the show. Uh, let's see, How I Met Your Mother, Law and Order SVU, minus Wait a minute. main character. Wait a minute, Wait a minute. How I Met Your Mother is coming back for like an 18th season, and we still don't know who the mother is. And explain to me again, how the hell is Law & Order SVU coming back with no Christopher Maloney? And then Mariska Hargitay is going to leave. Who, who are going to be the detectives? Are they going to bring back uh, Chris Noth? You know, is he, is he doing nothing? They're going to bring him back from uh, Criminal Intent and in the first season of Law & Order? Are they going to bring back, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Orbach from The Grave? I don't understand, sir. Can you explain it to me, please? Maybe, maybe they'll bring on Charlie Sheen. He's got nothing to do. <laughs> well, he is winning, of course. What else, sir? Of course. Well, uh, not to disappoint you, but How I Met Your Mother, actually, one of the few shows got signed on for, I believe, two more seasons. <laughs> Are not we ever going to meet but... the friggin' mother on that show? Can you explain to me? Who tells a story that lasts, and it's a good show, don't get me wrong, aside from Barney's, you know, filth. Um, how are you going to explain to me? Ten, it takes you ten years to tell a, to tell a story of how you met somebody's mother. Well, You're talking to your kid. Real time, Come on, though. It's not in real time. He's just telling yeah, the but story he's always, to his kid. But he's always referencing. In 2009, we did this. In 2005, we did this. In 2087, yeah, we did this. Story and jump through time. You don't have to sit there going day by day telling a story how it happened exactly. He's jumping oh, no. time. You do. Come on, man. Uh, how long? When are we going to meet the woman? Can you tell us, please? I have no idea. But it is a good show. It is entertaining. But who knows when they're going to show the bomb. You know, the bomb line is, is the bomb line is that these these shows that get canceled obviously have poor ratings for whatever reason. And these shows that are being renewed that, like, you know, like DG said, like, How I Met Your Mother for, like, the 31st season, 
uh, and they still have to explain who the mother is. I mean, I mean, these people. I don't. I don't know what these people are thinking. I don't. I, I think they should just change the way the ratings are because uh, that's just a, such an old way of doing things. Like with the Nielsen boxes and just having only a hundred thousand boxes determining what the ratings are. Because obviously. People are watching crap, and you know, here at Pure Gold, we know what we want to watch, and we got our shows canceled. It's just—it's unbelievable. That is true. They—they they should change the way they—they they do the ratings. I know they—they they take into uh, consideration DVRing, but they don't consider people who YouTube or who I believe it's called Hulu. They don't consider any of those. They don't count them as viewers, which. I'm guessing a lot of people do do that. They don't have time to sit there and watch TV or they don't have they don't come home in time to DVR anything. So, I mean, they they really need to look at how they they take the ratings. One show Chuck keeps getting saved because of the <laughs> the amount of letters that are sent to NBC to keep the show on. And I NBC? used to be a fan, but the show just sucks now. NBC Oh, yes, yeah. NBC. Yes, sir. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck has been saved every season. Every season, it's about to get canceled. Somehow, they bring it back to life. Well, it's on its last season now, no? Well, yeah, This is they decided that this will be the last season, that they're not going to go through that whole process of getting all these letters to reinstate the show. <laughs> what the Chuck is up with that? <laughs> Uh, Continuing on The Mentalist The Middle Mike and Molly Modern Family Both versions of NCIS Are coming back Nikita The Office Nikita Nikita is coming back What the hell's wrong with you? Nikita is getting moved to Friday nights with Supernatural. It's no oh, longer yeah. going Natural. to be on Thursday nights. Natural. So you I'm think that's a good move? We- there? Trying to weed it out. What was that? Do you think that's a good that's a good uh, move, sir? Well, Friday nights didn't hurt Smallville or Supernatural. Um, they they both did decent amount numbers. I'm not sure how the show is. I, I don't really watch it. I used to watch it in the beginning, but it kind of got just boring to me. It's the same old thing. They say it might be the last season. They just want to wrap up the story, so who knows what's going to happen with Nikita. But, yeah. but <sighs> Friday night is a bad night for shows anyway. Yeah, but Smallville was able to be successful on there for a couple of years. But Smallville has it, it, its fan base. Nikita is just starting up. I mean, I, I would think they would leave it on a on its permanent day, like Thursday, let it pick up uh, a few more viewers before moving it. Hey, is is this Nikita show the spinoff of La Femme Nikita? Yeah, it's a new uh, the new take on it. Dear God, I well, know not really show new. That... It's the same. It's the same story with a different actress. That that's bad. I mean, I know one show that DG got, uh, and DG will attest to this. One show that got a lot of ratings on USA when Raw went off the air was Silk Stockings. Is that show still on? <laughs> <laughs> you, you're gonna give me another asthma attack? Are you kidding me? 
Silk Stockings. Uh, Silk. What the hell? Silk Stockings or Silk Stockings? I remember that show it was on USA for a long time. No, Joe. I think that it's been canceled for about ten years now. All right, that's like as soft porn as you could get for NBC. That wasn't NBC. That was USA. But USA is owned by NBC, so you know what? You're right. It all goes back to NBC. As a matter of fact, I think NBC owns every major network, and they put on every show, and they cancel every show. What do you think about that, Hans? I think that's pretty much true. Yeah. <laughs> they are the devil when it comes to TV shows. Well, Hans, is there uh and I've asked this 50 times. Is there anything else going on before we, uh, you know, because we have an, another uh, thing we like to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm finishing up the list. There's uh, The Office, One Tree Hill is coming back for 13 episodes last season. Parenthood, pa- Parks and Recreation, Private Practice, Raising Hope, Rules of Engagement, The Simpsons, Supernatural, Survivors coming back, Two and a Half Men is coming back with Ashton Kutcher as the lead role. Please don't don't ever mention his name again. The fact that The Simpsons is being renewed again just tells you that, you know, people, the people that watch The Simpsons are either um, on some kind of, like, controlled substance or they're part of a cult, (laughs) a Simpsons cult, because that, that show should have ended, like, at least... 13 years ago. <laughs> I mean, I agree with kids that. like it. I don't know. I don't watch it anymore, so. I stopped watching it like 10 years ago. Joe's right. I mean, that show is always kind of scummy anyway, but, I mean, there's got to be something wrong with people who are still watching The Simpsons. I mean, wh- how, how many seasons is this? I mean, we're close to 30, aren't we? And I'm not even exaggerating. Aren't they in their mid-20s no, by wait, now? You're right. It is close to 30. Yeah. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm friggin'. Uh, but anyway, and Vampire Diaries. Oh Lord, that oh, these stupid! You know these vampire shows make me sick. Not only from like a you know evil, demonic, idiotic perspective, but the fact that they just absolutely suck, and I don't know why people watch them and they're garbage. But uh, Hans, uh, let me ask you a question before we let you go. I know we had talked about this. We haven't been able to get into it. I'd like to ask your take because I actually uh, we actually have a little time here tonight. We're gonna get into something else. Did you watch Thor, sir? Yes, I did, sir. All right, well, just for you, and Joe's going to have no clue what this clip is, I'm going to have Fitz cue it up. Fitz, make it happen. I will come down on this hospital like the hammer of Thor. The thunder of my vengeance will echo through these corridors like the gusts of a thousand winds. Let us know, sir. What did you think of Thor? Honestly, before I watched it, uh, I believe we spoke off air about it. I did. didn't like the actor. I thought he was too small to be playing Thor. Uh, I never really read Thor the comic book, but just always seeing him on the cover, it was always this big muscular, muscular guy like Triple H or like The Rock is now, uh, just a beast of a person, or I guess he's a god, a Norse god. But... Um, yeah, I guess. Seeing the movie, he was excellent. I thought he was a, a good actor. And like you explained to me, it's an uh, early take on Thor, so he, they were, I shouldn't have expected him to be huge or anything. So, I mean, the movie was great. I love Natalie Portman. I like anything she does. I think she's also very gorgeous and very talented. So, All right, calm down, I mean, calm down. This, is, this is not a per- pervert session. All right, we're talking about movies, you pervert. Can you continue, please? Ah, uh, 
And that's about it. I just loved it. I loved the movie. I yeah, I thought it was great too. Yeah, <laughs> Joe, what do you think? Thing. What do you think about Hans's uh, amazing take? Because I know you always make comments to me. Uh, you know, uh, uh, a little side note. Do you think that was a uh, in-depth enough uh, take on Thor? Uh, I got three words for uh, Hans in that whole little segment right there. And what would they be, sir? I like turtles. <laughs> yeah, I thought Thor was great. I know, uh, you know, I thought we were going to talk about it last week, but of course, you were in the black hole of suck, and you you, you couldn't find your way out of it. Thor was amazing. I thought Chris Hemsworth did a great job, and they're going for they are going for a younger take on Thor, kind of like the Ultimate version, as opposed to the regular mainstream Marvel one where he's a little bit older. Uh, the action was great. The the comedy was just great. The entire audience. I mean, we watched it at the dining theater, of course. It's my favorite movie theater. My wife and I like to go and just go crazy and spend all our money. Um, it was an amazing film. The the action, the suspense, everything. Just the way that the the, the actors themselves, the casting was great. Everything about it. I think one of my favorite lines is when he's talking to the guy Coulson from Shield, and he calls him Son of Cole, kind of like they call him, uh, you know, Thor Odinson or Son of Thor, uh, Son of Odin. I just thought the whole the, the writing was great, and the whole ending was interesting, and the way they set up a second part, and the way they set up the Avengers. I just absolutely loved it. Joe, you have any plans on seeing this movie? Um, yeah, DVD. <laughs> of course. Uh, but again, Hans, we uh, we greatly appreciate you coming on and spending your time with us. And of course, I mean, we pay you handsomely to come on the show, so we definitely thank you, sir. Of course, I love the paycheck that I receive from you guys. <laughs> of yeah, course. and uh, make- after you after you watch the event, uh, we'll definitely talk because uh, I think Dave will be interested to know how this show ended too. All right, but Hans, well. uh, just forget about that. We'll see you on Thursday, sir. All right, not a problem. Have a good night, guys. You too, sir. I like turtles. I just thought I'd throw that in there. I just... Yeah, gotta love it. Folks, that was the one only Hans joining us. Uh, Of course, our Smallville View segments are not airing as they were normally, but, you know, we had him on to talk some movies and some television. JB, let's move on to our last topic for the evening. The New York Metropolitan. Sir, please give us your take... Let us know what you thought about the one and only Fred Wilpon and his interesting comments about his baseball players. Before we get to that, DG, I just want to mention that the Subway Series was this past weekend, and um, the Mets did lose two out of three. And just some thoughts on that real fast was that you know the Mets actually won the first game of the uh, the series Friday night with um, you know R.A. Dickey throwing a gem of a game when the Mets won two to one. So I thought that there's a chance for them to actually take two out of three. But when I went to the game, I actually went to the game live and in person to see game two, you know, the day that the world was supposed to end. 6-0-1 happened, and I knew that the world wasn't going to end, especially after, you know, the Yankees won again. I thought that we would find out if God was truly a Yankee fan that night because, you know, God was supposed to come down and, you know, end the world and all that stuff, but that didn't happen. But I did see that the Mets, you know, they can't compete against the Yankees. Basically, the the Yankees had seven hits uh, on Saturday night, the game I went to, and four of them, DG, were bombs like you wouldn't believe. They were all home runs. So four out of seven hits from the New York Bombers, the New York Yankees, was just a telling sign that they weren't going to win that game. So the fact that they lost that game, okay, but they should have won the game on Sunday with Pelfrey pitching. He went seven strong innings, then imploded in the seventh inning, and basically they lost two out of three. They show once again that they're an inferior team. They had a chance to make a statement against the Yankees. They didn't, and DG, they lost. And then to top all that off, we get Fred Wilpon, 
making these asinine comments about his players, who he obviously doesn't intend to sign, but he's also devaluing them, DG. That's the bottom line. He's devaluing, he's devaluing his players like David Wright, like a Jose Reyes, that you know, you're going to have to trade because you're not going to resign. How asinine has Fred Wilpon been the last couple of days from these, these reports that we've been getting? I actually don't understand, and maybe you can enlighten me on this, sir. What was the point of Fred making any of those comments? I was talking to Laura Rubinson off the air, and she agreed with me. What he did, even if he – I mean, I, I personally agree with everything that he said, and I thought it was great. But the truth of the matter is that what point did they serve? Why did he say them? What does this mean for the New York Mets? That your owner doesn't believe in you as a player? He thinks that you're overrated, uh, you know, overpaid – thinks you're a bum, he thinks you're you're a good player, but you're not a superstar. I honestly don't understand why Fred felt the need to make these comments. If he feels that way, fine. You know what? I agree with basically everything he says. But Joe, why did he why did he feel like he had to say something? What I mean Lori felt that maybe it was because of the fact that you know, we're hoping to get Lori Allen these days too to, to talk about it. But he felt maybe it's because of the fact that uh, he got comfortable, whatever the case is but, J.B., why in the world would anybody, why would an owner ever make these comments? Fred is notorious for not saying much about the team, so why did he choose this to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I really don't understand where he was thinking. He trusted somebody that he was having a conversation with. It's not like Fred Wilpon had a, a press conference and said all this stuff about his players. He basically trusted somebody, and I guess this person decided to make a story out of it, and, you know, now it's a story. And now that it's out there... I mean, you know, you want to get rid of Jose Reyes because you're not going to be able to sign him next year because he wants, a, you know, in quotations, he wants Carl Crawford money. So you're not going to be able to resign because you don't have the funds to because of all this, you know, off-the-field stuff. And now you're also devaluing Jose, uh, Jose Reyes by, you know, if you want to train by the deadline, like who's going to really want him at this point? You're telling me that he's not, you know, this guy is, only plays on his contract year, and he only, you know, plays when he wants a big, another contract. So I think that for Wilpon, you know, I don't know what he's thinking at this point. I mean, I wish we could get in his head just like we want to get into Vince's head once in a while and find out what he's thinking half the time. But, you know, to make these comments is just like, it's just typical Met fan. Uh, to be a Met fan, I mean, is it is it that surprising, DG, that Fred Wilpon did this? You can't be that surprised. You're a Met fan. I, you know what? I, I am surprised, though. Fred never makes comments. Why in the world would he say, you know what? I'm going to make these comments, and I'm going to devalue my players, and I'm going to talk about them and talk smack. The truth is that if another team comes and asks for them, they'll probably get whatever they're worth. But that's not the point. You're the owner of the team. You cannot under any circumstances, ever, and I mean ever, make those kind of comments. You just can't sit there and, and just talk about your players, you know, say that they're crappy or that they're this or that overpaid or 70% of who he used to be and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And he, he was a schmuck for signing him, basically. I just don't – I just don't get it, sir. I really don't. I don't understand why in the world this man, Fred Coupon, as it were, would choose this mo- – and you know what? This this team isn't going anywhere. We've already talked about it, but this only makes it worse, sir. This only adds fuel to the fire, and it's another sign in what's going to be a downward season for the Mets. It's another day to say, you know what, the Mets absolutely suck from top to bottom. They absolutely suck, sir. Yeah, and not only that, 
if okay, let's just you know, he basically picked out three players that I know from the top of my head. I know he he picked on Carlos Beltran, he picked on Jose Reyes, and then he picked on the franchise of the Mets, the face of the franchise, David Wright. Okay, he's not the superstar that we thought he'd be, but he's a good player. And now Fred Wilpon has said that to somebody, and now it's gone out to everybody. How is David Wright supposed to feel after that? I mean, honestly, keep that stuff in-house. There's no reason why the the media or the fans need to know that kind of stuff. And it's just like, can you only imagine what David Wright is feeling right now? Like, you know, do you really want to play for an owner that, that you know, basically degrade devalues you in front of the public? I mean, I don't think so. I know that David came out and said that Fred's under a lot of stress and this and that. And, you know, that's typical David Wright being the, you know, the, trying to be the stand-up guy and all that stuff and be vanilla and bland, kind of like uh, Derek Jeter. But the truth is that what he, what Fred Wilpon said, and he said that Beltran, you know, he's a schmuck for signing Beltran, and that he's 70% of the player he used to be, which, you know, is true in some aspects. And, of course, that you know, basically saying it was a bad move to sign him because off of that one season. Then he says there's no way Jose Reyes, who thinks he's going to get Carl Crawford money, is going to get that kind of money because he's always hurt and everything. What? That That's the one that puzzles me the most. If you want to re-sign with Reyes, which I'd imagine you have to, explain to me, how do you say that? How do you say that he's not going to get the money that he wants or basically that he's not – He's always injured, so he's definitely not going to get it from anybody. Why? Explain that to me, JB. Why? <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't explain it. All I can say is that being a Met fan, it, I mean, you find they find new ways to make you more miserable day by day. And just for this to happen is, I mean, I'm not that surprised. I think it's it's part of the course. I, I'm starting to think this team is seriously jinxed, and I, I've told you this once or twice before. This team might have sold their souls to the devil the year that they won the World Series in 86. I mean, two outs, bottom of the ninth, and they they come back and win the game down two. Uh, you know, uh, I'm seriously starting to think this team is seriously jinxed after 1986. I don't know if they're jinxed or not. All I know is that they absolutely suck, sir. <laughs> All right, sir. We're pressed up for time, I see. Always. Would you like to close this out? Yes, sir. Tonight's show, tonight's special show, the Macho Man Tribute Show, was brought to you by Easy Pizza. Easy Pizza is a new pizza concept, and like I said, DG would have much more experience about Easy Pizza. Which reminds me, DG, did you catch uh, Mike'd Up today? <laughs> did I catch Mike'd Up? Yeah, I did. I just want to ask you, before we go off the air, Mike Francesa made a comment that just shows you that, you know, it makes it makes you think... Makes you actually, you know why you hate the Yankees, why you hate the Yankee fans. I mean, he basically said the the Yankees winning the 2009 World Series was special because they haven't won one in such a long time. And I guess that means in Yankee term years because a long time was like, you know, nine years. But, you know, for us regular fans, I mean, a long time, are you serious? What did you think about that? <laughs> Joe, you know, I know we talked about this off the air but I was going absolutely nuts. I mean, how, you know what, I'm going to go nuts right now. How in the world do you sit there with a straight face? And I like Mike Rincess. Let me just throw that out there. You know, I, the whole repeating things five and six times, I find it kind of humorous. But I, I like Mike. You know, he, he knows what he's talking about. He obviously knows a lot about sports. But how in the world do you have the nerve, do you have the audacity to sit there and say that, 
Oh, the the Yankees' 2009 win was so special because they hadn't won in such a long time. They hadn't won in, in, what, 10 years? The Yankees won four World Series in five years. Not four in 50. They won four in five. Then they go 10 years without winning, two times going to the World Series. You know what, the Yankees? You make, you make me sick. Mike, that comment is so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It was special? You won 28 World Titles. If I'm not mistaken, it's 28? Yeah, it is 28. How in the world, sir, do you tell me? Explain to me. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's 27, isn't it? Uh, you know what? I'm just so lost right now. I'm so upset. I'm so frustrated. And this is what makes Yankee fans, this is why we don't like them. This, it's not even the players themselves. The players don't say anything. It's the Yankee fans. They're pompous and arrogant. There's, there's franchises like the Pittsburgh Pirates that haven't, won a, 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 haven't had a winning season in 15 years. They haven't had a winning season in close to 18, I think. The Mets haven't won a World Series in 25 flipping, stinking years. How are you going to tell me? How in the world are you going to have the nerve to say on the air that 10 years is a long time when the Pirates haven't won, haven't had a winning season in almost 20? How is that possible? Somebody explain that to me. The Blue Jays haven't won in 20, in almost 20 years. You know, the Tigers haven't won since the, the, mid, the early 80s. I mean, this franchise, the Cleveland hasn't won since 1954. <laughs> 1954. Joe, how is it possible? The Yankees have won five in 15 years. I would live off of one World Series for the rest of my life. I was five when the Mets won. I don't even remember. If the Mets can win one more World Series, I would be happy. I would go nuts. So you're telling me you're absolutely as a as a Yankee fan, how do you say that? Somebody explain to me how that's a long time. What the hell is wrong with these fans? And it's again exactly why Mets fans, Red Sox fans like Kenny, people hate the Yankees because they're ridiculous, because they're moronic, because the things that they say are absolutely idiotic. Nine nine years, ten years, that's a long time to not win a World Series when you just won four World Series, you won four. Joe Torre won four World Series in his tenure with the Yankees. Yeah, they were losing and going on the first round of the playoffs, but the Mets haven't had a winning season in a couple of years. You're going to tell me that the Yankees not winning a World Series for a few years is a big deal? Come on. That is so ridiculous. I absolutely detest the Yankees and their fans, and I just don't understand why in the world anybody would ever make that kind of comment. You know, the truth of the matter is, I hate him. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! It just, it makes me, it makes me want to vomit. It absolutely makes me want to vomit. And I just, I, sir, I, explain it to me. Explain to me how somebody with any knowledge of baseball makes that kind of comment. It just sounds so arrogant and so pompous. It did. And, you know, like DG said, we we definitely respect Mike Francesa for his views uh, and, you know, his sports knowledge. We we jokingly call him the sports pope. But that that right there, that comment is just a, you know, a Yankee fan. And I, 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 I'm telling you, most Yankee fans feel the same way as Mike Francesa does. They're, they're arrogant. They feel like they, they, they're, it's their God-given right that they should be in the playoffs every year, and they should be in the World Series almost half the, that time too. So 
the fact that Mike Francesa makes that comment, yeah, it's it's definitely something that, you know, DG definitely ranted on, which I totally agree with him. But, you know, you, you ask another Yankee fan, and they'll tell you the same thing. They're spoiled brats that don't – that. They think that's their God-given right to make the playoffs every year. And here, as Met fans, we haven't made the playoffs in who knows how many years. We haven't won a World Series in 25 years. We just want want one world title, and we'll live off of that. And then you hear a Yankee fan that, you know, 2009 was a special one because they haven't won it in such a long time. Come on. Yo, if I'm not mistaken, the Pittsburgh Pirates have had, this will probably be their, their 18th straight losing season, which is a record in all major sports. Losing, Joe, they haven't had a winning season. Forget about going to the playoffs. For playoffs? Playoffs? Forget about that. Forget about any of that garbage. They have not had a winning season. They've been losers. And the Pirates were a once proud franchise. In the 70s, they were great with Roberto Clemente, you know, uh, late 60s, early 70s. They were actually a good team. But <laughs> The Yankees haven't won in 10 years. Oh, no, the Yankees are New York Yankees. Oh, baby. <laughs> I yeah, just, well, I just, I, Joe, I, I had to call you when I heard that and you told me to stay there for the show. I had to call you because it was the most, in, it was the most buffoonish thing I've ever heard. It was absolutely out of control, sir. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. And like I said, it's you're probably right. It's probably not the players that we hate as much, as much as the fans that you know. Because the Yankees are the Yankees, and they're, they're, they have uh, their pockets are you know limitless. They could spend as much money as they want because they make a boatload of money with their station, with their products that they sell, the merchandise. So they could, yeah, they could always put on a great team with a, a great payroll, a huge payroll. And for that fact, the Yankee fan. You know, the, the the current Yankee fan, the fans that know the Yankees from 1996 on, are just spoiled brats. And I I can't, you know, it's almost hard to believe that Mike Francesa, you know, would say such a comment like that, knowing that he's been a, a Yankee fan for much longer than 1996. I agree with that. And the fact is, you know, I had a guy, the guy who, after he made that comment, the guy who called afterwards was talking about how the Yankees lineup is in trouble. You want to talk about in trouble? The Mets are in trouble. Their lineup is in trouble. Jason Bay can't hit. Ike Davis is injured. David Wright is injured. All these guys are out. Angel Pagan is on the disabled All these guys are on the disabled list. The Mets have nothing practically. Uh, you know, Justin Turner is cooling down. How the hell do you tell me that the, the Yankees are in trouble? The Yankees have one of the best lineups on the planet. The Yankees have been winning since I could remember. I'm 30. I'm going to be 30 years old. The Yankees have 27. <laughs> the Yankees have 27 world titles. And in my lifetime... Since I've been born, the Yankees have won five times. They've been in seven World Series. Right before I was born, they were in a couple. They won a couple. You know, you 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 got to be kidding me. Actually, I think it was eight because they went to the eighty-one World Series and lost. You have got to be kidding me, sir. I just don't understand. Lineup, it. Yeah, the Yankees lineup is in trouble. Curtis Granderson has fifteen home runs. I think the Mets don't even have fifteen home runs as a team. And you know, A Rod still hasn't started to hit. Teixeira still still hasn't started to hit. And Cano still hasn't. I mean, once these guys start hitting with Granderson, are you kidding me that this lineup is in trouble? That guy is a joke. That guy didn't listen to that. You're, you're absolutely right, son. You know what? As we close up the show, because we're, we're coming to an end, we're actually a little bit over our normal overrun. Um, I just I, The Yankees make me so sick, and I want to talk about something else that makes me sick real quick. I read an article. Actually, my wife read this article, and she told me about it. It's about a, uh, <laughs> speaking of, you know, immature and childish and idiotic, there's a, there's a couple 
in Toronto, has to be from Canada, of course. They announced the birth of their, their baby. The name of the baby is Storm. But what they missed, what nobody knows except for them, I mean, it looks like a boy. Nobody knows the actual gender of this child. That's right. <laughs> the parents feel, and I'm going to quote them, if you really want to get to know someone, you don't ask what's in between their legs. Yeah, you, you obviously don't ask that. Uh, the, the, I think it's the wife. No, the father put that. Of course you don't ask that because you can see if it's, if, for the most part, nine out of ten times if you're talking to a man or a woman. You know, they believe that, and of course they're, they're not married because they both have several last names, but that's, that, that's another point, you know, Canadians. Um, they're giving their child the decision to choose whether he wants to, whether the child wants to be a boy or a girl. Joe, explain to me how a parent can sit there and say, you know, n- nature already did its job, but you know what, we're going to give the child a choice. You know, we, we, what we notice is that parents make so many choices for their children, it's obnoxious. You know, and then, of course, here it says, this is quoting them, of course. In fact, in not telling the gender of my precious baby, I, the, the, by the way, the, the, their parents don't know. The grandparents of the of the baby don't even know if, if it's a boy or a girl. Jeez. In fact, in not telling the gender of my precious baby, I am saying to the world, please, can you just let Storm discover for him herself what he she wants to be? That is the most insane, idiotic, sick thing I've ever heard. People like this should not have kids, and it's a shame. My wife was a fertility nurse, so she can tell you, that people spend zillions of dollars a year trying to get pregnant, and people like this, who are obviously mentally unstable and ill and sick in the head, have children. How in the hell do you go and say, you know what, parents make too many decisions for their children. Yeah, you're right. So deciding what the kid's gender is, which is already there, by the way, you know what, let's uh, let's just let him or her choose whatever he or her wants to be, or she or him or shim or, or, or it. You know what? What is wrong with people nowadays, Joe? I get that people are liberal when we have a liberal society and stuff, but the fact of the matter is that's the most insane, asinine, moronic, and idiotic thing that I've ever heard, even worse than what I heard on the fan today. To tell to tell people, you know what, my child can pick whatever he or she wants to be, how does that make sense? You're going to pick what gender you're going to be? You're going to pick, you know what, I, I don't care. Boy, it doesn't matter. Obviously, nature gave this child something that only God knows. But that's what the child was intended to be. You know, we can get into this uh, ad nauseum about that and people getting sex changes and stuff. But the fact is here, and of course, only on Pure Gold, when we talk about Macho Man Randy Savage, sports, movies, television, Bob Murphy, and sex changes and sexual identity crises, only on this show, crises. But the fact, and you're a parent, I'm going to be a parent, what kind of sick people are these, Joe? Can you explain this to me? <laughs> I didn't hear the story until just now, so... I'm kind of shocked that this is uh, a real story. I thought you were actually making up some joke, but that's pretty bad for a parent to then decide, well, not decide. They want their kid to decide what they're going to be, what gender they're going to be. I mean, that is totally asinine. I can only imagine what's going to happen with this kid as he grows up or she grows up in society, um, you know, interacting with other kids, um, not knowing because, you know, obviously this kid – will not be able to decide what they want to be until they're a little, when they can actually understand what it is to be a a boy or what it is to be a girl. So I can only imagine the psychological trauma that this kid's going to go through. And you're right, the parents, I mean, they should have taken this baby away from when they decide this. 
I agree. You know, to me that that's child abuse. And the truth of the matter is that the other two kids that they have that are both boys, they're what they're what they call uh, unschooled, and it's a version of homeschooling which promotes putting a child's curiosity at the center of his or her education. It's basically you're not in school. If you're curious about something, the parents will explain it to you. That sounds like backwoods, hillbilly, inbred, weird kind of stuff that you would hear in other states, not in other countries. But the truth is that maybe you know, 100 years ago you heard about this kind of crap. This is These parents shouldn't have kids. They should have their children taken away. It's an absolute disgrace. And all of the comments left, this is a Yahoo article, by the way, all of the comments left, there was oh, the ones that my wife read, over 18,000 comments, and not a single one of them that I saw was positive. People are talking about child services. Um, you know, somebody put here thing one, and thing, met thing two, and fell in love. They then gave birth to thing three, thing four, and a new addition, thing five. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand, sir. I, I really don't understand. You know, and, and of course, as a Christian, this is just a, a sham and a disgrace. But even as a normal human being, to hear this kind of story, it just doesn't make any sense. Parents not schooling their children, not educating their children, and then basically saying, you know what, yeah, you need to be whatever you want. Yeah, you know what, you, can, you want to be an astronaut, fine. You want to be an pilot, that's fine. But to not tell anybody what your child is, the sex, because that's, it's not liberating and it's confining the kid. The kid is going to be confused, and ultimately you're a horrible parent. Your kid should know what he or she is. End of story. On that note, on that horrible note, we're going to close this show out, sir, in the only way that we know how. Woo! Not with Ric Flair, but with the one and only Macho Man Randy Savage. And before we do that, I'd like to thank our producer, Fitz, who's on his way out the door. I'd like to thank, oh, Kelly, our board up was on my end today, which is why, you know, Kenny, Kenny snuck on the air. I'd like to thank Jose, our media director, for lining us up. We have some amazing shows Coming up, folks, we of course like to thank Doug, who came on the air with us today. Great guest, as always. On Thursday, we don't have – we're trying to get Lori. Lori is not going to be able to join us. But we will have Justin LaBar of WrestleZone.com as we continue the Macho Man Randy Savage talk. Macho Man was so big that not only did we have to bring wrestling talk out of retirement on Pure Go, but we had to dedicate two shows to him. Next Tuesday, we will have with us the one and only pro wrestler himself, Formerly Vance Archer of the WWE, of course he appeared in ECW and SmackDown, Lance Hoyt, also of TNA, is going to be joining us. We're going to have Lance talk about his life story and, of course, his career, his time in the WWE and TNA, which is amazing, folks. We have a great guest. And next Thursday, thanks to Dominic from Hicksville, who who helped us set this up and gave us the idea, we have the one only Greg Sussman of WFAN joining us. He is the winner of the Fantasy Phenom competition from last year. And, of course, this week coming up is the fan- next Saturday, the Fantasy Phenom, the first round. So Greg is going to give some advice, and he's going to talk about what it was like. So, folks, we have action-packed shows coming at you. So make sure you stay tuned. You tell your friends. You tell your mother. You let everybody know that Pure Gold is live and on the air. Check out Doug, Sirius 92, XM207, Busted Open. We thank him again for joining us, and we appreciate you for calling in, Kenny, Hans, all the rest of you. Folks, We leave you with a great one.